Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. We're going to have to put a content warner warning on this. Yo, we swear in this episode. Deal with it. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm snowing. I'm a wintry mix. I'm slating. And I'm raining. And today we're reading chapter 12 of The Will of the Empress. So curl up with a hot cup of coffee. Or hot chocolate. Or hot tea. And let's throw hands, not knives. In chapter 12, the four go with Berenine and friends to the old fortress that the Empress has turned into a garden. Briar loves it, which offends Katie, who leaves him to his plants. Daja overhears some men and has a feeling they will try to do something to Briar. Sure enough, they confront him as a group, one in specific. When Briar offers to fight him, they refuse at first. Shan appears and tries to stop them. No one listens and the fight commences while Daja takes wagers. After Briar beats the shit out of this guy, Shan returns to Lysandri and Canile, who attend to their clothes and wounds. They continue to spend time with the Empress until they are compelled to return to Dan Cruin. Despite her fear, Gudruni insists on letting Sandri take her as her maid. And in the meantime, Triss, Briar, and Daja conspire to make Shigorst living metal glasses and earplugs to help him control his visions. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about this chapter. Goodwin, you liked this chapter a lot, I hear. Once again, proving Dodger's supremacy. Uh, she is <laughs> so competent. She uh, notices that the dudes are up to something. She's, I think it was written as a traitor and as a mage. She knew the look of overgrown boys up to wickedness. She's just on it. She's like, they're whispering. They're like heading off somewhere. What are they doing? And she follows up. She goes out there 
and sees him like walking up on Briar and like trying to start shit. And then she shows up, backs him up without getting overly involved. But Briar knows that like she's there and like she will kick ass for him if need be. Mm -hmm. And then she makes money off the whole thing. She does. She's like, you know what? I know Briar's going to kick this dude's ass. I bet y'all. Five times what you guys bet. You guys know I got the money because I'm a traitor. She knows that they're stupid enough to take it because uh, they think, because they're nobles. You know, they think traitors suck. The guy is like six inches taller than Briar and all muscly. They're like, this is a scrawny little plant mage. He ain't yeah. got nothing on us. Easy, easy fight. Why, why, why not throw money? Why not try to make, no, no. And they Man. deserve to lose all their money. Oh, yeah. Thank you. But let's let's also talk about Briar and Daja here. Just like the they've synergy. done this before. Yeah. Yes. We talked a little bit about how we don't really get to see a lot of the other pairings. Like we see a lot of Briar and Triss and a lot of Sandry and Daja. We see those two, those two pairs together all the time. But we don't really see Triss and Sandry. And we don't really see Briar and Daja. And on turn, we don't really see really any Triss and Daja either but I love that with this scene we set up so much history even without knowing what they've gone through in the you know the the original quartet we know that these two are fucking close you can see it in the way they move around each other especially in this scene like how they just feed off of each other so much good here and we do also see a little bit of that with Briar and Sandry. Because she's like, I didn't think even you could pick a fight at the court of Namorn. And then he says, well, you're forever underestimating me. Which is such a delight. I love their banter. I also love what he says to Daja when the fight's about to begin. And she's like, let me know if you need me to crack some heads for you, because I will. And he's like, no, 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 just break their knees. They're not worth getting killed over. And then he's like, then again, if you just like smack them on the head a little bit, the skulls will cave in because there's nothing in them. And then you can sell them to the Empress's planters. Well, you bring up that. You don't bring up my favorite one of he's so mean. Do you hear oh, him? Yeah. so mean. And she's like, I would be so offended. I think you should be so offended that you throw the first punch. That's <laughs> just... so like so rehearsed. I love these two so much. Like, oh my gosh. I like the uh, conversation between uh, Briar and Baronine, where she says, you know, that a mage who does not think magic betters everything. I'm not certain I can bear the shock. It kind of would show her that Briar isn't exactly like every other mage. He's not interested by money or power. He's more interested just by his own wants and desires. He, He doesn't he doesn't want the stereotypical stuff that I guess great mages would want. You know, I don't know if she'll take that as a sign that he won't stay, but we'll see. Dodge is seeing the conversation between Triss and Ishabal, just saying, hey, you know, it's probably something that only <laughs> that comes only in words of ten syllables, Daja thought with amusement. It looks like that kind of talk. Words of ten syllables. I've never heard like, you know, sort of like technical conversation referred to that way, but uh, I love it. That's good. Two academics just hanging out. I feel like that when I have like engineer friends talking to each other about building shit, and I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> right. Also, like Dodge twirling her staff, kind of just like unconsciously just doing it, kind of knowing that there might be a fight. So She's she getting get ready right. for a rumble. Yeah. Dodge is the best. She's great. 
Taj is amazing. I also liked after the fight, Sandra shook her head. They were saying that the fight was over Briar's medallion and his right to wear it. And Sandra's like, y'all must think I'm drinking stupid potion for my morning pick-me-up. I'm just going to fucking start saying that when somebody says something absolutely ludicrous. I think I'm drinking stupid juice. Daja getting a kiss on the cheek from Triz. I know! After doing all that hard work, making the spectacles and the hearing protection. I like the very last line. So you mentioned that Triss kisses Daja, but I like that Daja's like, well, he's my crazy man too. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's like they are raising a kid together. It's so cute. I love that all of these kids are like, yes, we've adopted this 50-year-old man. It's fine. <laughs> yes. This is our old man. It's fine. <laughs> so, so what I'm hearing is, in the first four books, Tamara Pierce said that a family can be four kids, their two adopted moms, and their giant dog. In the next four books, she said things like a family can be a student, his teacher, and his other student, or a 20-year-old man, his 14-year-old teacher, and their three-year-old adopted daughter. Yep. And in this book, she's saying a family can be four 18-year-olds and their adopted 50-year-old crazy man. Yep. <laughs> yes. Hey, look, families come in all shapes and sizes. They really do. <laughs> My very first thing that I wrote literally just says Daja and Rizu. Nothing else, just Daja and Rizu. Yep. Because I have to write that in every single chapter. It's like in Daja's book, when Indy had to write nails, there's plowing to be done. <laughs> this, yep. this is the one where they like all say it in unison with Ambrose. Yeah. Gonna, I'm just going to tag on a little bit right here. I love the description of his laugh, his crackling laugh. I just like Ambrose. Ambrose is a good dude. Mm-hmm. I really like Ambrose yeah. too. We talked earlier about how long Berenine's been gardening and like kind of our guesses. And we get here that she has been gardening since she was a kid because she talks about how she's turning this old ruin into a garden. And when she was a kid, it was the only thing that she was allowed to garden. Yeah, I like that Briar accidentally lets it slip. Uh, I think you're wasted as an empress. And he's like, oh shit, <laughs> wait, I should have like, like one that. of my gardeners. I wrote, Briar is getting obsessed. And I realize, I don't know if he's obsessed with her or if he's obsessed with just her gardens. A little bit of both. It's like art versus artist here. Come on. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah, if she was not this into gardening, she could be as like sexy and trying to attract him as she wanted and it wouldn't have much of an effect. Yeah. And then she puts her finger to his lips. She's like, I can offer you this job as gardener. Shh. Don't tell me now. Ooh. <laughs> My goodness. Didn't he say earlier she's that Rose Thorne would say that uh, she's too much woman and he would almost agree? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like Rose Thorne would say she's too much woman for me. She probably is. <laughs> Back to the argument between Briar and the nobles. I wrote, Ulfeon called Briar a gutter snipe. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, and then also Briar spitting in his hand when they do agree to fight. The best part. <laughs> <laughs> And my 
I am sure that he does this just to piss the guy off. Oh, yeah, I'm just like, to add insult to the wound. Like, oh, you think I'm uh, gonna slip? Yeah. Here you go. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And then, of course, Briar's Knives. Because <laughs> we haven't actually talked about that officially <laughs> on air yet. I believe it says he has eight, not including the two in his boots. Yep. So... I think in the first book, he had seven, and then later he had nine, and now he's up to ten. Yep. And I just find it funny, because he's pulling all these knives off of him, and he looks over at the guys, and they're all in shock, like, oh, shit, we (laughs) messed up the wrong guy here. We might have fucked up. This might have been a bad idea. Might be, but we still got hype on him, we got muscle on him, I think we'll be okay. He doesn't have his knives, he's not allowed to use his magic, I think we'll be okay. I, I just... Like the book doesn't say this, but I just get this image of Briar looking at them like, "What? You guys don't just carry knives everywhere? <laughs> You're not armed all the fucking time? What's wrong with you?" But let's also talk about what a fucking power move. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't he, he doesn't start with it. Nope. He starts with his shoes and then is unstrapping. Yeah, taking off the shoes and then the socks and like, oh, wait, my knife's too much. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Let's hold let's, on. Uh, no, wait, can't... wait, one more. Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> Here you go. That way you can't say I'm cheating. Let me get all these things. I just, the specification that Briar learned a lot of fighting while he was away and that he aims for nerve points that he learned while studying medicine. Mm-hmm. Don't like... fuck with the healer. That's that what you don't do. Don't fuck with the healer. He's about to go yeah. from pharmacist to harmacist. <laughs> but yeah, that sounds uh, like Chinese pressure point stuff. So more Yangjing China connections. Ooh. I like Daja's observation that when Shan comes back with Sandry, that he just got Sandry so that so that she would hold him by the arm. I like Gudrini standing up for herself, being like, no, I should come with you as your maid. I know you don't need a maid, but everybody looks down on you and all this stuff. People will respect you. Briar talking to Jagors about the pirate attack. And then he starts freaking out. And Triss says, now look what you did. I've just gotten him calmed down. And he turns to Jagors and like points at Triss. And he's like, yeah, she did it. Like doesn't even like pay attention to what Triss is saying. Just blah, 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 pirates. She did it. It's all her. She likes rescuing folk. Jigors is responsible. She didn't protect you. But this leads into Briar and Triss reconnecting. I am glad that he's no longer convincing himself that the girls are just going to be like, oh, you poor little dang. Oh, poor little baby. Little baby Yeah, we know that they're not going to do that. And I feel with this happening... I know in previous chapters, Jigors was like, oh, you're not going to want me around because I let people's secrets slip. And he let a secret slip and it worked out. It was really Mm -hmm. good. Jigors is what these four need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're healing him, but he's healing them too. So Yeah, that's good. I like that he sits down on the floor next to Briar and that's like his way of comforting Briar. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, you. You always talk about the scene of sadness sitting by Bing Bong. It's like that's sad. Mm-hmm. That, that reminded me. Yeah, of that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. Mm, that's sad. <laughs> or time 
is valid parallel play time and valid comfort time. <laughs> the floor is for growth. Yeah, well, that's where you grow from. Shigor says something about Tris being right about Briar, and then Briar's like, yeah, she usually is right about other people, or she usually is when it comes to other people, but she doesn't seem to be right about herself. Uh, apparently, Daja made a living metal eye. Yeah! When did that happen? That's cool. Yeah, that's so cool. I want to see. Is that from another book? No! 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 It's not, not from, like, the time skippy jumpy part, no? No! Okay. I don't think so. No, I don't recall it happened, seeing it. It happened between books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because we have four years. The leg, yeah. Right. That's kind of weird, though. Like taking the metally skin off of your arm and shoving it into someone's eye hole. I don't think that's quite how it went down. I, yeah, imagine I don't think like so. prosthetic. I will say that is uh, kind of fucking huge, though. Like making an entire like eye. That's advanced we yeah, we don't have like that yet and all kinds of shit yeah, right like we, we don't have that yet we talked a little bit about the earplugs actually like the way she says she's telling him like you know they're not going to be perfect the first time we're going to have to make adjustments and all of that that really reminds me of how hearing aids work you have to kind of adjust them yeah mm-hmm. um, they also kind of remind me of musicians earplugs which are specially made to like change so that certain sounds get knocked down at different they get blocked out at different levels so that when you're playing music the music isn't like blasting but you can still hear people talking that's supposed to be the idea i like that jagoris is like oh i expected them to be cold and dasha's like i'm not gonna put cold metal in your ears and i just thought dasha i think that you have forgotten what metal is usually like yeah But if for you to think that I would do that to you, come on. What, who do you take me for? <laughs> like, any other mage that works with metal? <laughs> any <laughs> Anyone else normal. who works with metal. <laughs> like, that's, that's normal, Daja. Come on. She's getting all offended about it. Calm down. It's what it normally is like. My last one is Briar quoting Rose Thorne. Pride will trip you on the stairs. And she should definitely know better by now of that too. The whole thing with Ben, like, come, come, come on. At the beginning, Briar is talking to Baronine and Katie gets jealous. And he tells her, I got discouraged. You defend your castle so well. Besides, aren't you used to everyone being in love with her? And Katie says, everyone better not be thinking kissing thinking of kissing me then because I'm fresh out of kisses I'll go see if Jack has any (laughs) don't kiss me go kiss him leave me alone and uh, Briar realizes that he likes a girl with thorns to her Uh, better still a real girl one uh, I can kiss instead of worship he realizes that his infatuation with Baronine is just worship and he'd much rather have somebody that he can keep him warm at night later on um, rather than Somebody that might just toss him aside like a plaything later. I would love to see the girl that, like, Briar truly falls in love with. My next one is when Dodger's trying to test, like, the ear things, whatever we're wanting to call them, earplugs or... Uh, earplugs. I think they call them ear things. They just say ear things. So I'm going to go with ear things as well because I'm not exactly sure what the ear things are, whether they're plugs or hearing aids. Um, when Dodge is trying to test them out on Jagors, 
she starts just telling him a traitor story. And Zagoras is like, that's a traitor's tale. It's about how the traitor and the bookkeeper created the Twasa and wrote the names in the great books. Daja is like, oh, wow. Um, you need to tell me how you learn traitor stories, but we could do that later. And I was like, oh, he knows some stuff from ja- Daja's culture. And she's pretty excited about that. So I want to hear that story too. I don't have, I feel like we're probably not going to get that story, but Daja will. Daja's trying to test the glasses now. And she asks, Jagors, can you see me? And Tris tells him, he has to be wrapped in steel not to see you, Daja. You're a big girl and you're right in front of him. Try <laughs> me fly around. <laughs> yeah, he can see you. You're not doing anything. You're just standing there. Try him. Move. Something that's a fucking mood. The four mages rode silently, saving their conversational skills for the day ahead. Sometimes you just can't enough for persons. No. no. No peopling. I love the description of the garden. Now, this might just be because I'm a plant person, but also I really love the description of this. Just It also caught my attention just based on the idea of like what would cause a structure like that something that could potentially be useful in warfare or defense or something in an, in an active kingdom, what would cause that to no longer be used? Because, you know, it's not cheap to make, you know, a fucking, like, castle and then let it go. Have they been peaceful with other countries that long? Did something terrible happen there? Like, what what would cause this to be abandoned like that? It, it made me ask questions, even though it's like a relatively small throwaway thing but i'm like that's you know why well they do mention in the previous chapter that it's a fortress from the old empire before namorn so that's probably part of it so it's probably like whatever happened to that empire whether it got swallowed by what became namorn or whatever that's that's probably when it went out of use right like it may just not be in a useful position anymore after everything got taken over. I don't know if we've actually talked about Daja trying to talk to Briar down the mental oh, line. No, we haven't talked about that yet. We haven't. I genuinely love that the the connection between Daja and Sandry happened first. No. And I love that Daja trying to reach out to Briar. Well, Triss also does it too. I like that the girls try i feel like the only connection that hasn't really been tried was briar with anybody and then sandry and tris i feel like probably tris and sandry are going to be the last connection to happen i think they're very much not getting yeah they're at odds bad right now this is related and not related i was reading someone who had an amputation done an upper limb amputation the thing that always sticks out to me most about people who have a hand or an arm is amputated or a foot i mean like it's really anything you have phantom limb syndrome which is basically where you still feel that limb even if it's not actually there talking about how like they'll occasionally go to reach for something with that hand that has been removed this is kind of their phantom limb syndrome is like they're so used to being able to just reach out and touch someone else 
with them being in such close proximity, they don't think about it. It's reaching for a glass with a hand that's not there. I've got all of those parts highlighted. It's such a deep feeling of loss. It's something that used to be so ingrained in them. They were close enough that everybody's like, ah, yeah, they're just the same fucking person. I don't know. There's something just inherently sad about them reaching out and there's nobody there. I know that I'm getting a little deep for just a like here, but I love that they want to still be together and they just can't. Like, it's great writing, first off. It's just being able to convey that sense of love and loss and longing for a a familial bond we don't see a lot in writing we see it as a romantic particularly a romantic kind of bond and i just i love the siblings so fucking much god damn dude (laughs) do you think she'll be gratified if you kill her her pet gardener for all i know she'll be vexed with me if i bent one of her play toys (laughs) who's gonna get more trouble for beating the other one up yeah it sounds like something that would happen in like toy story like the toys are fighting and then they're like oh man our owner is going to be upset at us if we break which tells you a lot about how baronine rules a country that was literally about to be what i said blood's horrible for grass and there's always some thorns left after i could have made a magic out of that i didn't but i could have I know that we kind of touched on Briar having his moment with Triss, specifically the line, looking for a handkerchief everywhere I go so folks will think I'm tragic and interesting. I know the people that he's making a reference to. I'm I'm sure we're all familiar with one of those people. I don't know. I kind of like the fact that he's like got this, I'm comparing myself to these, these specific people that i don't like because i don't want to deal with my trauma <laughs> i missed you copper curls with you there we might have conquered ying jing copper curls just the just the the fondness of that with you there we might have conquered ying jing Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find in this chapter? Don't underestimate people. Briar says this about Sandry. She underestimates that he can uh, find a fight anywhere he goes. And he found one. (laughs) But there's also a lot of other underestimation done in this chapter. The men that go seek out Briar, they underestimate him, thinking, oh, we're going to be able to take him, no problem. And then uh, Briar beats the shit out of this guy. So uh, that was definitely an underestimation. In a previous chapter, Baronine was talking about how she thinks that none of the kids are going to start reforging their friendships or links to each other. And um, she is definitely underestimating that. Because we have both uh, Daja and Sandry back together. And now we have Briar and Tris back together. So she is definitely underestimating the their friendship and the relationships that they had built with each other. And she, she doesn't realize, I guess, how much of a bond they really have. Um, so she's underestimating that. Zagorst with Trith, kind of, I guess, would be an underestimation. Briar is trying to, like, convince him that Trist will be there no matter what to protect him. Zagorst is like, uh, well, she didn't protect you, which she wasn't there, or she would have been able to. Um, but, uh, so Zagorst is underestimating Trist, but Trist would be able to fuck some people up if anyone tries to mess with her crazy old man. I feel like Briar and Tris are also underestimating Jigors. Yeah, that's true. Like what you said earlier about secrets. I know that Tris knows Briar's secret now, but it hasn't really been talked about Tris's secret, but I kind of feel like it's kind of out in the open already with Jigors. So I guess it doesn't really need to be touched on. So I think it's kind of an open secret at this point. Like she hasn't said anything, but. I'm pretty sure that they all know at this point. They're like mm, probably. Yeah. yeah. Like not confirmed, but yeah. I, yeah. I'd argue that it's probably similar to like Daja and Rizu. 
Like they're spending so much time together. And I'm sure the other three are like, hmm, I see what's going on here. Even though like Daja has not specifically confirmed it. And then uh, I also noticed that Gorse also kind of underestimates Daja's capabilities as well. Um, Because he's like, oh, well, we'll see if this stuff works. And Tris is like, I'm sorry about him, but I know it'll work. So, of course, is kind of underestimating Dodger as well. Don't do it. Don't underestimate people. They'll surprise you. Mine was really similar. It was uh, just low expectations. Baroning, talking to Briar and saying, you know, you can have anything you want garden-wise with me if you stay here. You don't have to answer me now. She thinks that that'll be enough to keep him there, which I I don't think he's going to do. I don't think I don't that's think enough so. for him. He, he cares too much about his family to, to to stay there. He's the one of the four I feel like would have the most to gain out of staying there because he has no ties with any other places. Uh, he all he, he gets to just frolic in plants the rest of his days. He would get so much just for staying there, and he doesn't want it. With that same conversation where Briar realizes that Baronine is not the, the, everyone sees her as this like godly person that's above everyone but he knows that's not true it can't be because even position people in positions of high power are just people at the end of the day I, I think he's got expectations that she won't be as great as he thinks she really is right now so isn't as fond of her as as he could be you kind of hit the one with Daja and her ability to work with the living metal to, to help to help Jagor's, you know, he's like, I don't think this is gonna work, and she does it, and it does work. I was gonna say I... that's actually pretty, pretty close to what I had, so I can't really add on to that. You might think you have all the pieces, but you don't. Nope. I'm a full and indie. I wrote support. I just feel like there's a lot of stuff here with people supporting one another, with Daja and Tris and Briar supporting Jagoris, Sandry also supporting Jagoris, Daja supporting Briar in the fight, Sandry supporting them in a way when she comes and like helps stitch up their clothes and stuff. Also, Jagoris supporting Briar and getting him to open up to Triss and then Triss supporting Briar as well. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? That line that I said I could have made a magic from, I might as well do it. <laughs> we we may or may not know this about me by now. I'm a little combative. I, I've learned a couple of things about my mental faculties recently that involves specifically the the picking fights and arguing with people but blood's horrible for the grass and there's always some thorns left after is it really worth that fight for the aftermath because in the heat of an argument you might say some things that you don't actually mean you just want to hurt somebody and i am the world's worst at going for a fucking jugular blood is horrible for grass that is a terrible thing for a relationship. You don't want to base a relationship on fighting. And there are always thorns left after. You're dealing with that bit of mistrust, that little bit of hurt still there, maybe some resentment. Like, it's not worth that fight if it's not a fight worth having. There there are some things that you, you have to fight about. I'm a firm believer that every relationship has defining fights if that makes sense 
you have something that you have a disagreement about, like be it personal morals or beliefs that you have or or habits you have that like affect other people and these defining fights make or break relationships and i am trying to get better about figuring out what fights are worth having and what fights i'm having because i'm bored (laughs) because apparently that's that's a thing that i didn't know coincided with a couple of things that I have wrong with my brain. I fight people because I'm bored. So if I pick a fight, it might all not always be because I want to like actually fight about a thing. It might just be because I'm understimulated. <laughs> you need to be entertained. I need to be entertained because I'm looking for a dopamine fix. That, Entertain me, peasant, or I'll fight you. <laughs> exactly. But apparently, yeah, um, people who chronically argue or pick fights are seeking a dopamine response. I learned that and I was like, I hate that this is specifically called me out. Uh, rude. Um, right? I'm going to fight this article that told I'm going to fight this article. I'm going to fight this person who said that I'm seeking dopamine. I, I don't know, but I feel like this podcast might be beneficial for you in that area because this is a place where we can like healthily argue and debate without shedding blood. Yeah, actually, I, I've noticed that my desire to like pick fights with people has decreased exponentially since starting this podcast and doing D&D with my friends online. Because it's a different type of satisfaction afterwards. Because we're still laughing and we're still having fun. And like even when we hurt each other's feelings, at the end of the day, we're like, okay, we love each other. Yeah. (laughs) Reminds me of another group of friends in a book that we may be (laughs) reading right now. My personal magic is mental health awareness. Me too. (laughs) Your your brain ouchies are the same as your outside ouchies, so please go to the doctor and have them looked at. Yeah. It. Tris says, if the scars were on your flesh, would you even, you know, ask me those things? It's. uh, Your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Like, you can't neglect one or the other. If you're going through some difficult shit, reach out for help. It's not a sign of weakness. You have to delegate what you're good at and have someone come to help you with something else that they're good at and help you get better. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean that you don't need help. And on the flip side of that, people who, like, have friends and family with mental health issues need to be aware that those are real because we as a society have kind of developed this idea that like Goodwin said if you can't see it it's not real and that's kind of created the stigma that prevents people who have mental health issues from getting help I don't know I remember like meeting some guy at some point and he was telling me about himself and he's like blah 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 and I'm not on any medication and I just like, why do you have to say that? Like she says, if if somebody has a physical ailment, then people are like, well, shit, like you are fucked up, get it taken care of. But if somebody has a mental disorder, it's often, well, just feel better. 
I would rather leave her be than get all disillusioned when I find out she's human. Mm. Yep. I have the opposite problem. Well, it's it's a similar but opposite problem. I don't let people in because they're human and inevitably they are going to disappoint me. I one and an interaction with someone. So like I guess I'm kind of putting that to use. Hooray! Um, he thought I was hilarious. Hooray! One of the other people now hates my guts. And that's I, like, oh. that's disappointing. And I'm very sad about that because I think she's really cool. And I like sitting in the same room with her because she talks and I feel smarter just being around her. When she starts talking about stuff, I'm just like, I'm absorbing this information and I'm being smarter by being in the same room with you. I feel that way about Molly a lot. Like, yeah. Oh. She makes me feel so smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. That's but- like one of the nicest things anyone has ever said to me. You're welcome. <laughs> just, oh. Like that's the kind of compliment that I give people who I really admire and just like never <laughs> expected somebody to give to me. So oh. and I might just go cry now because like, I love you. <laughs> I love you. So nice. The point I was going to make is not every human being actually does disappoint you. They they are human and everybody is human and you have to keep that in mind. Sometimes letting people in is okay. Kind of how I feel about all of y'all actually. Particularly Brittany just because she was stubborn as fuck and y'all have all heard about my take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brittany. First met. She pulled a sandry on you. Yeah. Fuck a ditch. You're gonna be my friend whether you like it or not. Go Brittany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I forced you to be friends with everybody else. That is kind of how that are. happened. Basically, yeah. We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 12 of The Will of the Empress. As Triss and Ken talked about Nico and then Lightsbridge, Daja watched the dancing from a seat next to Rizu. Sooner or later, all of the younger courtiers came to sit around them, leaving and returning to dance or to nibble and drink as servants loaded the tables at the far end of the silver gilded room. Daja relaxed, feeling more comfortable in this gathering than she had expected to. She wasn't hungry and limited her drinking to the fruit juice that was served along with the wine. Finally, Rizu patted her face with a lace-edged handkerchief. I am suffocating, she whispered to Daja. Let's go cool off. Daja was happy to go. The room was full of people who danced and sweated while the many candles that lit the room made it even hotter. Though heat didn't bother her, she would welcome a breath of fresher air. She followed Rizu out, winding through clusters of courtiers until they passed through one of the double doors to the terrace. There they leaned against a broad stone rail in the shadows. Daja lifted her heavy weight of beaded braids to let the cool night breeze flow across her neck. Are all the parties here so, so populated? She asked Rizu. Her companion laughed. This is an intimate gathering, she informed Daja. Wait till two weeks from now went the banquet and the ball for the ambassador from Lyron. Then the, all the old nobility will totter in, and the people who don't really approve of the way her imperial majesty lives her life, 
though they do approve of the peace and prosperity she brings. And then there will be all the other ambassadors. Her full mouth widened in a brilliant smile, except perhaps the Yanjing ambassador, who may be feeling ill by then. Daja smiled, briefly remembering Sandri's first maneuver before the Empress. At the same time, seeing the way the light struck Rizu's curly lashes, casting their shadow over her eyes, she thought, she's so beautiful. The question burst out of her before she realized it. Why aren't you dancing? You haven't danced all night, and nobody's asked you, even though you're almost as beautiful as the Empress. Rizu smiled. You think so? Truly? Daja opened her lips to say that of course she thought so, but she didn't get to speak. Instead, Rizu leaned over and kissed her softly, gently, on the mouth. After a moment, she pulled away. There was a look of worry in her eyes. Her hands were fisted in her skirts. Oh, said Daja when she remembered how to talk. She felt as if the sun had just catapulted into her mind. Dazzled with what it showed her, she realized also Rizu's afraid. She's had enough people tell her no that she's not sure. Strictly to make Rizu feel better, certainly not because she wanted more of that sunlight spilling into her heart and mind, Daja leaned over and kissed Rizu's mouth all on her own. Then, rather than ruin the quiet between them, Rizu took Daja's hand and led her into the palace by a door that did not open into the Moonlight Hall. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST, shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. You know what else would be good for you? What? Some sleep. That would be super duper. I, we'll see. We'll see. Try. You know, I'd really like to sleep, but I, like, let me call Iris up. I'll have her punch you. Like two or three hold. hours, and then like I'm up again. Eric! I could call her. <laughs> She's right in there. She'll do it. She'll do it for like with like no question as to why. She'll do it. Eris, Brittany I... wants to talk to you. Hey, Eris, I need you to do me a favor when we're done podcast stuff, okay? What you need? I need you to punch Indy really hard in the face so she can go to sleep, okay? Oh, well, I could do it now if you no, want. We, we no, have, no, no, we no. have podcast stuff to do. So after we're done with podcast stuff. Give us like an hour and a half. Please, please, well, please see, punch her really hard in the face. There's so a problem. There's a problem with that, though. If Wait, I don't do it now, I'll forget. <laughs> <laughs> Set a timer for two hours. Set a timer <laughs> for two hours.
and put on the alarm, punch Indy in the face, and then we'll be okay. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.